right. Wait a minute, it's my podcast, man. It's your podcast. <laughs> he went into, he went into <laughs> the intro of my podcast. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Willie Robertson podcast. We are uh, live. Uh, now, technically, when you hear the podcast, it won't be live, but we are live here at Deer Camp. So this is uh, October, early October. I'm down in Ala, Louisiana, which is... I guess if you if you put the state of Louisiana up through a dart and hit it in the middle of the state, you'd be close, right? Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty the close. Top part and the boot of right. the state. Right. There you go. So we're in the middle of the state of Louisiana. Uh, it's deer season. Um, I am joined by two guests here, uh, uh, Matt and Bill Busbis. Uh, that would be a father and a son combo. And uh, this is their beautiful place. And uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me down. Uh, how many years have I been coming down here? Too many years. Deer hunting. It's, Too many it's years. It's been a long time, yeah, right? Yeah, a long time. Probably. So I met these guys through the outdoor industry um, that we're in. Uh, I remember meeting you guys. And we actually had a business deal. We still do. We, we have a did lot the of, first business Matt deal. Matt and I did the first business deal. Um, uh, grunt call. We did a grunt call. And so Matt was young and... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I come like on I, I felt like I've raised him in the industry. Oh, I took you know, Willie to town kinda, on that deal. I you, took him under took... my wing and just said, here, come along, young fella. You know, <laughs> no. I knew his dad had uh, been successful in business outside of the hunting industry, but we actually did a deal. And I guess it worked because we're still in business together and I'm still here. Still and, uh, doing business. Still we doing got business. A, many a story to tell. Uh, these guys have done a lot. They are in the outdoor industry. Um, um, Bill uh, came into this and brought his family into the outdoor industry. We're here opening uh, weekend of deer season. How special is this time of the year for you guys, uh, just as hunters, without business, uh, just as hunters? I let Bill go first. I well, know this I, is his his baby out here. Oh man! And, and see, I I, I I recall times when I was a kid, young boy. My dad's dead now, and I remember the times he and I spent together in the woods hunting, and and I just love it. I love being in the woods, I love being out and enjoying nature and just all of those And things. you're from up in North Louisiana. Yeah, I was We weren't born, far apart. I mean, no. probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes from where you grew up. Yeah. Then you ended up in South Louisiana. Yes. And then you split the diff and ended up in the middle of Louisiana <laughs> yeah. for a part of the year. Actually. Yeah. We also was in Jackson Hole a lot, and uh, we were just looking at his footage of elk up there, and it's just unbelievable. Because uh, you guys hunt all over the world, uh, or all over the country at right, least, just like right. I do. But there's something about being in Louisiana. I'm with you. Louisiana, Odin weekend, the weather starts changing. We got a big weather change today. I Everybody's love it. excited that uh, the temperature's dropping. And uh, Matt, what about for you? Just being in the woods, and I mean, this time of year, when you know for the next uh, three or four months that it's going to be on as far as chasing deer. Well, this time of year is special to me. Uh, but I want to answer to something you, you said, Bill brought his family into the outdoor industry, but I wanted to correct you there on why oh. the outdoor, because the, the thing is, Big Bill in the trucking world, he had a big trucking company, and we worked for my dad in high school growing up. Well, my so brother's your original business yeah, with trucking. Yeah, but, but he was still running a trucking company. My brother graduated college. He goes, my dad was expecting him to kind of come work for the trucking company, and he goes, Dad, I want to sell deer feed. <laughs> he was like, huh? But then he kind of, my, my brother kind of sold my dad on it, and they started kind of working together. So Bill was still running his trucking company, but Ryan actually kind of brought us 
my brother into the hunting industry. And I was in college and I just kind of said, I'm just going to latch on and try to get into that. And my dad was like, you're not going to come work at the trucking company? It's like, Dad, I just want to help my brother. Yeah, you know why? (laughs) Trucking is work. This is more fun. (laughs) This is more fun than... But yeah, yeah, so you... I'm not going to lie. I mean, to you, business was business, and then... But you you always loved to hunt as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hunting was hunting and business was business. Ryan got onto this idea of how about if we combine these two and somehow made business? Because believe me, I come up from a family that knows a lot about combining business with our hobbies and right. Yeah, right. passions. Right. And so that's what we did as well and figure out how to make some money. So, so Ryan was onto it. Matt was in college as a kid. I guess you were open to the idea if it if it made money, of course. Yeah, if it lose, yeah. But we yeah. got some false. What were your expectations? Right. Did you hey. ever think that you would y'all would all end up being in the hunting industry? Never did. Right. As well as when we first started, <clears throat> Ryan and I, Matthew was still in school like a baby, you know, and uh, Ryan and I had some conflicts because the company was not making money initially, and like two years wasn't making nothing, and. I, I, I don't want to tell you the name of the company we went to. We went to a company who's mm-hmm. big and presented our products. And uh, at the meeting there, uh, we were in the meeting, and the guy said basically uh, he wasn't very interested in our product. You know? And so me, being the operations guy, not the sales guy of the companies that I've ever worked at, uh, I kind of, well, okay, sir, well, we understand, sir, blah, blah, blah. And uh, all of a sudden, Ryan, who was like 22 years old, 23, he stood up said, no, no. I mean, this is a true story. In a conference room, at a big customer, I want you all to understand, this is a great product. This is the best thing that ever, ever has been out for deer feed. What was this product? It was big a big buck, buck crunch. crunch. Big buck Which crunch. Big now buck crunch. <laughs> big buck crunch. I don't think we make and that it, anymore. It's well, wait a minute. Ron said it was the best thing ever. So uh, it's Captain Crunch, and now it's the all you continue. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was... But that's that was Ryan is a good businessman, and that, I think he I, he, I, he saved the company at that point because right. if we wouldn't have gotten into that. Retailer, customer, retailer, right. we would have been toast. And that he retailer got, just got acquired. Yeah, and uh, but <laughs> anyway, it was, but it was, a, it was <laughs> yeah. several billion dollars worth of yeah. requirements. So, yeah, uh, that, well, it, that was news. To but anyway, so Ryan took us in, and uh, he got us in, and that really helped the whole. Beginning and then you the guys company. started making more and more deer products. Deer feed, so, right. right? And then we and and this is deer feed. Now everybody listening, maybe don't even know the concept of deer feed. So right. this is in a bag um, that you pour out, and if your state is legal, Wild, where yeah. you can pour out some sort of food for for animals, Louisiana is one. And uh, so a lot of people use corn, but you guys were on to doing higher nutrition, right? Where you put more nutrition. Um, and now you've got all kind of flavors. You've got uh, what? Sugar beet, sugar beet, persimmon, persimmon. And I'm acorn. telling you, this stuff when you open the bag, uh, you almost want to take a bite. It I smells know. so Make, good. Put a little milk in like a bowl of cereal. Oh yeah, yeah. you could. <laughs> and Bill's got it, and he throws it up in the air. Oh yeah, he, he does. does. He, he's like right. Michael Jordan. And no, he's like LeBron, no, LeBron James, James doing he the chocolate. Hey, LeBron, that's, that's yeah, like LeBron a tight. When he gets in the stand, he throws up his. I started copying him on it. Oh, it works. Oh, I take oh, that powder and boom, and I puff yeah, it in the air. 
So you've grown. This is uh, so. How many years has this business been we, going? We started in two thousand two, like officially, mm-hmm. unofficially in one. So it's fifteen years. The good Lord has blessed us with being able to compete in a hunting arena because we never really thought we would be in it. But year after year, we kept fighting, and I'm loving to be able to say and humbly say that we get to compete and 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 make hunting products and fishing products every day. And, and that's that has what we expanded love to. Yeah, it now 15 to 18 outdoor brands. It started with one brand, Wild Game Innovations, and it breached and branched off to Flexstone Game Calls, Barnett Crossbows, Halo Range Finders. Some you acquired. Uh, some we started. Some we acquired. Or bigger companies that needed help, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that's exactly. You came in and uh, created partnerships with those businesses, and uh, I mean, what's it like working in the outdoor industry? Because a lot of guys uh, and girls, you know, just think it's the the biggest dream ever is to work in the outdoor industry, but I always warn people it's not as easy. People, you think you're going to come into this industry, even even wealthy, famous people, uh, celebrities I've seen, and I mean, I've heard people say, I'm going to come in and take this industry Dominant. over. Super wealthy Dominant. people are like, I'm, <laughs> and you look about two years later, they're, they're gone. gone. Yeah. You're right. I, in fact, I was hunting with a super wealthy guy in Colorado last week, and he, he goes, I've had 27 businesses uh, I sold 27 businesses. He was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He said, I made about 30 people millionaires. I, I'm a, you know, he was very successful. He goes, I got burned in one business, and it was when I got in the hunting industry. <laughs> he goes, and, I, and I'm still trying to get out of that sucker. I mean, how do you see it, man? What's the key to being successful in the outdoor business? Oh, me and my brother, we talk about all the time that it's one thing, and it's uh, perseverance. No, it, I disagree. Go ahead. I'm saying that's why I said Ryan and I. Matt I, says perseverance. I just say hey, perseverance. Yeah, I swear we are persistent. It, we might not be smarter than anybody. We might not have the best widget, but it takes a really good widget to sell. But by God, we're persistent. We're gonna try to get what we want and never give up. And and we'll do. We just don't stop. And that's right. what we. Bill, what's your, your I, now a, specific to the outdoor business? I'm I, a, I'm not I'm in no, general I'm a, business. I'm gonna tell you what the key to any business is. Mm-hmm. With outdoor business is certainly uh, one we're in, and that is you must make the best product possible and sell it for as cheaply as you can, because that way you want to. Get the customer what he wants. Right. Customer wants something that works. He don't want junk that doesn't work. Right. And a lot of that out there. You know, you know right. what I mean? I mean, I'm, so we have right. a good product and we have perseverance. I've been saying, and I'll say yeah. that you know I've been fairly successful at business as well. Have I, think, you? I think it's a combination of both uh, of all these things. And I think in the outdoor industry, I'm going to add another one that doesn't seem like what you should have, but I really think this is what kept us together was we were uh phil was always um he was always uh happy with where he was so i think people get in they have expectations of where they want to be but phil was always content i think you need to be content sometimes you need to look around to say we're in the outdoor business we get to do what we love to do the bottom lines may not be where we want or we may can grow we may can be but we're going to be content with where we're at and it will make you be uh you know persevere and if you've got a great pro- Phil had a great product as well. He had a that, is, that he knew worked. And as long as you're content, but a lot of people are not content. And then they want too much that. too fast. They start trying to grow too fast. Maybe they get in over their heads and then they look up and they're out. Then they're back at a desk job 
Do it, and guess what? Now they're unhappy and they're not. So I think you've got to stay content as well. I tell people all the time, are you, hey, is man, this you a get, podcast I mean, or are you Dr. Phil in this? No, I just tell people, I say, man, just realize what you get to do. And if, if you know, I know Smell a lot of old boys like you that scratch out a, a good living. They get to go make TV shows. That's a good job, you know. Because I got yeah. from where we're from. Oh, yeah, there's a paper a, mill up yeah. there with guys that are working <laughs> graveyard shifts, and yes. you know, and they love what they do. But I mean, let's face it, they'd way rather. I've got one, John Godwin, who works for me. Who worked for the paper mill for 16 years, and now every day when I see him, he's happy. he encourages me just by seeing how happy he is. You mm-hmm. know, and he doesn't make what I make, and he's he's not in the position I'm in, but he is as happy as he can be because he remembers back when he had to do the other job. And so I think it is that combination. And I think people want to know, you know, people ask me and I know they ask you all the time, you know, how do I get in this business and how do I, how do I do what I had a kid there day? I said, well, what do you want to do? And he was studying film and I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, basically I just want to do what you do. And I said, whoa, so you want to be on a bunch of TV shows and Mm -hmm. be the are you going to be in the show, or are you going to be filming it? Because you're studying films, so you're yeah. going to be behind the camera, yeah. in front of the camera. We all know that um, that there's a place for everybody, and I've got guys who love to film just as much as I love to shoot Absolutely. something, and that's their Absolutely. passion. That's what yeah. they like to do. Now, you started like we did. You started uh, uh, making TV shows. Uh, um, we, yeah, we started making DVDs, but I guess you guys, y'all probably went straight we to We did TV. make DVDs and TV shows, you know, kind of together. Right. It's funny how... you went straight to the Outdoor Channel, which we, it took us uh, probably 20 years before we ever made it to the Outdoor Channel. But you know, yeah, but, you launched Buck Commander mm-hmm. the same year yeah. as Wild Game Nation. And it's so weird how it's like... It's weird how we both launched on Outdoor Channel. And, of course, y'all were much, 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 much larger. But I'm saying, y'all went to Outdoor Channel. We were there right with y'all. And then A&E picked up Duck Dynasty. Yeah. And then we eventually got picked up on A&E and did Country Bucks. Right. Because of you kind of making the recommendation yeah. to A&E. That's so, a great story. Though. Now, it is. Now, you guys did Country Bucks, uh, A&E. You're one of the few big hunting shows that went that made it to big network you know cable television which uh i guess we were one of the first but you guys came right along and there was this connection and i'll tell you the the connect we filmed an episode they wanted to shoot an episode about a turkey the sign jace were going turkey on i wasn't here and he said where could we shoot that and i said i got some friends that are about an hour south of here you guys could talk to them maybe you can go down there and use their property so they came down here and met you guys, and they filmed that episode. It was funny where Cy was dancing around like a turkey. Oh, yeah, like season one or two is early. Yeah. Because here's the hardest thing I've had to work with in television besides Uncle Cy <laughs> is animals. And yeah. Oh, so very good. And yeah. on our show, we've worked with bullfrogs, alligators, turkeys, goats. Uh, we have had a lot of animals on our show. And sometimes those animals don't do they exactly don't cooperate. Uh, what you want them to do. And uh, so... But anyway, they met you down here, and they would ask me, they said, who, who in the outdoor industry? Because they were looking for shows, because our show started being so successful. And they were like, well, are there more families? Are there more groups? Are there more hunters out there that may, could make this bridge? And uh, and you guys were one of There was only probably two that I thought may could have a show, and you guys were one of them. So that producer ended up coming back down here. You guys shot a show, and then lo and behold, you end up on A&E. Right behind Duck Dynasty. Yeah, and, uh, so how was that shooting? I mean, how was it? What was the difference in shooting a hunting show versus shooting a show for cable television? It's, uh, it's similar, but on a much larger scale as far as we try to, 
whenever we were shooting country bucks, of course you have to have a plan a little bit. They can't follow you 24-7 with 18 camera guys. Right. So they have to have scheduled shoot dates. Right. And they, they interviewed us to ask us what was going on in our daily lives or what's coming up in the next few months. Right. And they tried to framework you know, our life based right. on paper. Right. And then you got to leave room, though, for organic, cool stuff that can happen along the way. And, it, and that's what we try to do on our hunting show. We try to, hey, we're going to be at this location. We're going to try to film this. But if something cool happens along the way that we didn't plan, we got to film that too right. and retroactively produce. But it was a And you bi- guys still made your, um, your other show as well. Yeah. Now, well, that was different than us because we, we couldn't continue. We were making a show called Duck Commander. We yeah. couldn't continue to make that show. Which was an awesome show. Time. Duck Commander was an yeah. awesome show. Yeah, and it did well in the outdoor yeah. space. And that really, without doing that, you know, as you look back in your life, there's yeah. things you do and you're like, man, if I wouldn't have done this, and wouldn't then this that. wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have and so that. the producer right. wouldn't have seen our show. And exactly. uh, so we can go back. We, and you guys were like us in this way is that you never left the outdoor industry because we're still in the industry. We're yeah. still who we are. We yeah. just, you know, uh, way more recognizable outside the industry. And we were hoping to bring other people into hunting and bring people into the sport that we love. And, and what y'all you know. did, Duck, Duck Dynasty to me was so needed, not only for the help of the hunting industry and the love of the outdoors, but like the faith kind of intertwined into it. I think family. this country needs that family unit, mm-hmm. that faith. And I I do, you know, for what it's worth, I just respect the heck out of the Robertson family for what they, for what y'all did. And, and, and you know, and, and affected mainstream America. You know, y'all right. really did. Y'all Navy sealed into the mainstream just coming out of North Louisiana, <laughs> out the woods. And y'all came out of nowhere. It definitely made a splash. Our show's still on. I, and I said we weren't, but I, we actually continued doing Buck Commander. We still film Buck Commander. And they're still on the Outdoor yeah. Channel. Right, still with the outdoor and y'all channel. show does phenomenal on the Outdoor Channel. Y'all brought right. in Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean. Y'all, y'all are one of the coolest shows, best-rated shows on the Outdoor right. Channel. Y'all, are, y'all have done a lot. And I've, and I've kind of, in my life, obviously, Willie and I, I did the first business deal with the company. But it's cool to see, I kind of look at you as a mentor. Right. And it's cool to be able to spend time with you in the woods Talk. We get deep every now and then. Sometimes we get a little heated. Oh, yeah. But on a business side, it's been fun to work with you. And on a mentor side, I've learned a lot. And uh, I appreciate you know, it. So, well, and when I came in, you know, uh, I didn't. Uh, there was a few people, but I didn't have that person. Right, and Bill, I like you too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. I love you too, Dad. Uh-huh. But when I came in, Thank Phil you. and them really didn't know a lot about the outdoor industry, so I just had to learn it all yeah. on the fly. And I loved hearing the stories from Bill Jordan and these other people who, you know, from, you know, how they did things and how it's changed, you know, from the 80s to the 90s to where we are now. And you guys do have phenomenal products. Now, Bill, you, uh, you, you overcame some, some challenges for sure. Um, you, you were... Unlike Matt and I, you actually have recovered from brain surgery. So, and you had some real challenges in your life. How does something like that? And, and thank the Lord, I never forget the the day I heard that you know you were going to the hospital and all that. And it's it scared me to death, you know, because when you hear something with your brain, you're thinking, oh, oh no, yeah. this is this is quick stuff, you know, the the brain, you don't play with that. And so, and I remember I had this urge to talk to you really about bigger things. And I was like, I've been going down there for years, and we've never talked about anything more than trail cameras and right. you know business and we all it's always fun um but how does that change your 
perspective in life going through something like that? It was, uh, 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 y'all, you said a mouthful a while ago. When you have your heart surgery, everybody, you know, kind of today, you say, well, he has heart surgery. Well, we'll see. He's all right. But when your brain, that scares the heck out of you. And, and let them know what are. happened, though. I think the, the, the people that are listening hopefully understand that Bill had his balance off for a minute. So yeah. he went and got his head checked, and they discovered giant masses in his brain. Right. Which is never good news. That's not no, good news. No, never is good news. <laughs> My and mom called, and it was, it was just unbelievable. It's it floored the family, obviously. Right. We thought it was, it could be It just stops you. It could be it over. Could, could right. Be, right, it right. stops you, which is when I heard it, that's what I thought. And it stops you in your tracks, right? Because all right. of a sudden, things start getting very real and serious at that moment. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, both of y'all understand, y'all heard it. It was me. <laughs> I'm the guy that went in and shaved my head. <laughs> We're talking about our perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if you? Yeah, but I'm the guy. That yeah, actually yeah. happened to me. And uh, but yeah, I want to say, the day before my surgery, I got one call from the outdoor industry, and that was a, a friend of mine now, uh, Ted Nugent. He mm-hmm. called me. And he said, Bill, I heard, and I'm wishing you all the best and Godspeed and all that. And he said, you know, just hope and pray that everything goes well. I said, well, thanks, Ted. I appreciate it. He said, by the way, he said, you know, <clears throat> I had to get my knees replaced on uh, me. I got to get them replaced here in the next three or four months because jumping off them amps whenever I was younger <laughs> destroyed my knees. So he's had his knees replaced. And uh, anyway... I thought that was sweet of him, and I'll never forget that, Hmm. that he called me the day before I went in and talked to me about that. But, so, I went in, and and, uh, when they're putting you to sleep, okay, you're sitting there saying, well, you know, when I wake up, will I be able to talk? If I wake up, will I be able to feel? Will I be able to love? Or... Be loved is is mm. it, I don't want to remember remember yeah things. remember yeah. I mean I want to get teary eyed but all those things going through my mind and then they give me that you know I don't know if you ever been on a surgery they give you that ten nine eight boom you're gone yeah and uh, all when I was under they were in my brain working okay <clears throat> and uh, all the little gremlins started jumping in my head. I was seeing all this. The gremlins were all over my brain doing this, da, da, da. And, and actually, the bad things I had done right. were amplified during that period under oh, uh, 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 anesthesia. Wow. And uh, it was weird because I guess you go in for your heart to cut you open, but when in your brain, all these gremlins are running around. It was weird. Wires are crossing. Yeah. And memories are coming. Yeah. That's yeah. insane because usually when, when I've been put under, nothing for that. But, yeah, you just wake up and you, you're yeah. like, is it? I always used to say, well, have you started? And they're like, it's over, bro. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How and about? so I have nothing. Well, but actually, Bill, with those kind of memories. Well, I, mean, I don't want to, if I can, though, whenever Bill came to, there was a different person in that hospital bed. He ran out every nurse. No family member could be around him. And it was like hor- I went in to see how he's doing. He's got his blanket up to his eyes, and his eyes are just going nuts. 
He was looking for those gremlins. Yeah. He, the he gremlins was, were trying to get And me. he goes. <laughs> hey, I knew they were. And he, he, he was. And, and so what, what I thought, I was like, oh, they, they, they messed up the wiring in my dad's head. He's gone. I mean, we ain't. His, it, I mean, he was, he was telling me, he's like, Matt, what, what's, what's that number mean on that screen? I'm like, Dad, I'm not a doctor. I, he goes, well, what did the doctor say? I was like, Dad, we didn't meet with the doctor. Why didn't y'all meet with the doctor? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. We just didn't get a time, a minute with him. And then he's like, is that catheter leaking? I'm like, I think it is good. <laughs> he goes, is it leaking steady? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's leaking steady. And then, like, the nurse got ran out again. But I ran, I, I ran you. Oh, everybody. My, my mom, my, my mom, brother. We could not be around him because he would chew you out. And, a, and we called the doctor like, I was like, what did you do to this dude? You, you somehow connected his angry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and then be angry exactly. for the rest of his life. But apparently anesthesia can make you uh, yeah. angry. And so he came back to normal 24 hours later. Thank God. Well, they um, weren't. Here's what I was really mad about. I was hungry. <laughs> you know? And I asked the nurse, I said, nurse, I need uh, something to eat. Well, sir, you got to have liquid diet. I said, no. I'm on some meat and potatoes. There was baby. food. Well, and so right. we're sitting here. Certainly you've come through. How many years ago has that been? Well, that's been like eight years ago. Eight five, years no, ago. no, five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. you're still here. And uh, uh, little, I mean, yeah. kind of mess, you know, with your... Speech and a little balance yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you know, my right side is going. I, I used to play the guitar. I told Ted that. I said, Ted, I can play the guitar. I used to play it. I play well. My left hand can <laughs> right. still go. My right hand's a little slow. Right. He said, well, just play blues. <laughs> 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 but you can kind of tell the way you walk. And Bill will remind us probably once, well, once a day that he's had brain surgery. <laughs> yes. So anytime exactly. he gets in a bind, he reminds us all. It's his ultimate alibi. I know. Oh, I He'll about say, it. Willie, I've had brain surgery. Like, Bill, you tell me that 700 times. I know you've had <laughs> work, brain Bill. surgery. Everybody, uh, oh, I forgot. When you jam oh, up, Bill. But he's not angry, Bill. Uh, we have the funnest times down here. And so uh, I am thankful to God that he left you on this earth. Because I think he had something for you. And so, but, I, but the thought had never left my mind to talk to you about something spiritual. And so... Bill's one of these guys, uh, I've known a few like him, and you know, when you get successful like that and you have um, your life, and, and even as you get older, it's hard to hem you up and just to have a normal, con- you know, a, something deeper conversation. There's always people around, and so, um, so I, be- I was looking for this opportunity, and then I remember one night we were sitting over there at the, at the, uh, in the kitchen, and I tried, and it just went, you know, it didn't. I was asking him questions. Bill had all these defense mechanisms, too, that he had built up over the years of, like, you know, oh, he who has, you know, not sinned, cast away. He That's had all wrong. these yeah. things, these initial walls that he would put up. And so, because well, for whatever it was, it was just, you know, you were uh, guarded in a sense like a lot of us are. And then there was one night we were in New York City. Um, we had went to visit a friend about a business deal that we were involved in. And we're driving back from... Connecticut, I guess, yeah, back into the right. city. We were staying at the London Hotel. And I, and I thought to myself, and, and I don't know if this is where the Holy Spirit works or God, or just, and I thought, this may be your moment right here. We're both in a car. We have a driver. And mm-hmm. so we're in the back of this car. And I, and I looked over at you, Bill, and I said, Bill, have you ever thought about um, how many years you have left on this earth? And, and this is a bit post-brain surgery and all that. And I remember I called you. I asked you how old you were. Yes. And then I just made a guess at an average lifespan. And if you do the math, it doesn't seem like that long, right? It's like, whoa, this is not. 
And you looked at me, on every, your eyes were as big as apples. You, you were just staring at me. You said, I've never thought about that. And so, yes. and, yeah, and, and I started talking about then investments. Because I knew you were a business guy like me, and I was like, the things we invest in and these houses and businesses and the future. It's always the future. Like, we'll do this in seven years, we'll be right. here. And I think we do all that, but at some point you realize your life ends. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like my father right now, I'll go to him and say, Dad, this is, you know, four years from now, this is going to be this. Guess what? My dad ain't interested in four years from now. He's interested in right now, you know, at his age. So, um, And so you, we pulled up to the London Hotel, and I don't know how this is going to end because now we're at the hotel. And you said, come to my room. You gave me your room number. You said, I want to hear more about this. And I thought, perfect. And I, ha- I have my Bible, which I mm-hmm. almost always have it on trips. So I went to my room, got my Bible, and I met you back at your room. And uh, Miss Beth was in bed in there. Uh, the London's kind of, uh, it's like a little, kind of living room thing, and then there's a bedroom. So me and Bill sat, and I just went through passages, and I didn't have all the answers. I just was reading things that came to me about, you know, generally in somebody's life, if you know, how they wanted to make your life. I right. recall you asking me uh, about, and this is for anybody out there in the in the world who wants to, convert someone or make them think about what they're doing, you said, how many more years you figure you've got left in your life? And it just, boom, said, oh, well, yeah, I'm 58. Oh, probably if I quit smoking, which I've done now. <laughs> right. Okay, I've done totally because the Lord took that away from me, by the way. And you way. went on the longer side, and I went on the shorter yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you yeah. said like Bill 20. Had him about no, nine, no. I said, Bill had him about 95. <laughs> he was going to finally kick off. No, here, here, here's what I said. I said, well, probably about 20 if I quit smoking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it really meant And, and I did say that. I said, the way you live your life, you know, I said, the way you live your life, it's probably going to be this long because you were a smoker. Right, I mean, if right. you just do the statistics and math. Yeah. I was like, I'm not trying right. to, I'm not scaring you and I'm not trying no. to scare you into doing right. something you want to do because your life never would change if you just got scared and were like, I'm going to try to do this real quick. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have changed. And, right. I, and so I'm studying with Bill and it was so funny because Bill was still raw and, you know, there was a little language, but he was, but I could tell you it was just like, he was soaking this in and then wanted to know more and more and more. Kind of the same veracity you said at the hospital when he wanted to know. He was like that about positive things. And, and yeah, Bill is. So I'm on the couch and Bill just, he'd get up and he'd pace about seven times, come back, sit down. Then he'd jump up and he'd be like, that's it, you know, and he'd pace again. <laughs> and so at the moment of time, you looked up and you said, I'll never forget, you went... Beth, and you yelled at Miss Beth, and she went, "Yeah, she's reading a book in bed." And you said, "I'm getting baptized and giving my life to the Lord." And you said, "And you are too." <laughs> <laughs> and and she, she she goes, "What?" <laughs> and she goes, "Okay, well that sounds interesting, and uh, we can talk about this." So anyway, I go back and I said, "Well, Bill, you let me know when you know when you want to pull the trigger." He said, "Oh, he said, wait, I got some other things I need to do." So right after that, I ended up on a plane with Beth and Sarah, Sarah. your daughter. Mm-hmm. And we were flying to Los Angeles for some, I can't remember what yeah. we were doing. So it's a pretty long flight, three and a half hour flight. And I got out, and you know, the plane's kind of loud. It's on yeah. one of Bill's planes, and uh, it's really nice, but it's kind of loud. And so, Very loud. And I studied, literally for three and a half hours, it was a Bible study, at the top of my lungs, so they could hear me. <laughs> Lost your voice. So <laughs> Right, and we yeah. did. And so, and and. It was amazing seeing Beth and even Sarah, you know, 
really learning stuff, stuff they'd never thought about, and they just hadn't just hadn't thought about this. And so, so everybody's ready, and I keep saying, Bill, when are we gonna, you know, let me know, because now it's getting towards winter, and I'm like, and Bill wanted to be baptized outside, and I said, now just it's gonna be cold, you know, which I I can bear it. And you told me something, Bill. You said, no, I want everybody I know to hear about this. So Bill sends an email to everybody in his email like account. I think he, he he tapped into our company email address. Oh, he, no, he's sending this. I mean, to Jewish lawyers in New York, mm-hmm. he sent it to Hollywood people in California. Everybody, and it amazed me. I thought, wow. And then, so the time came. It was November, and it was right here in this place we're at. And so I was coming down thinking it was going to be you and your family, because then Miss Beth and Sarah was ready, and Sarah's Jesse. husband Jesse was ready. And the it Landry's. was going to be this great. Yeah, it was. Troy Landry. Oh, yeah, well, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm coming down here like I am this weekend when there's just a few people here. And I pulled up, and there are hundreds of cars in this driveway. And I went, what in the world? And when I, it, this whole place was full of people. There were people from Florida. and I mean, like yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people. And so Bill, <laughs> typical Bill, Bill goes, I said, Bill, you ready? Bill said, Get up there and share what you share with me. So, <laughs> I'm not, so, I, so I'm like, okay. So I grabbed my Bible good, and just right here on this hillside and just kind of laid out the gospel and the good news. And so we, uh, so we started baptizing. And Bill says, if anybody else wants to give their life to the Lord. And it was one of those, like it was, it was like in the book of Acts. It was one of these surreal moments to where... Bill comes up, and there's some great photos, and Bill, they actually gave, Sarah gave me a book. She made a book yeah, out yeah. with all these photos, and every time I look at it, it just makes me smile, because Bill comes up, the way the sun's hitting him, his arms are up in the air, mm-hmm. it's just amazing, you can see the joy, but then everybody else just starts streaming into yeah. the water, and right. I think there was 23, 21? 23, 20, I think. Okay. Uh, we got one more, we had one yeah, more at after that. 2 in yeah. the morning. Yeah. Uh, oh, the guy yeah. that drove Jordan. me home, the guy Jordan. that drove me home. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He was, and he had videoed that. And he uh, was, uh, that, that, uh, that was, teetering. that was and after well, the Jordan baptism. Jordan had grown up as, like, you know, he had grown up as a Christian, like a lot of people do, mm-hmm. but he had never seen anything like that, and was, and knew that probably God expected more out of him than even he was doing, and so he wanted to, you know, kind of dedicate. Well, it's infectious. His life. It's infectious. Whenever you see people giving their lives to the Lord, and you see the act of baptism, it's a, you know. You, you you start asking yourself, you know, I I, I didn't get baptized right. that day. Right. Me and Willie, we stayed up till three a.m. that night and studied. No, probably two a.m. Then you drove right. uh, and then baptized Jordy. But we right. studied that night, and uh, I ended up getting baptized uh, like a couple months later. Right. Do you guys remember my wife Beth in that in the little pool <laughs> well, right, right here? Oh, God. Yeah, hey, they. Willie got her and put her in, and all she of a sudden, go under. I know. Wait, the water started boiling. Wait, you hadn't, <laughs> you hadn't told everybody what the pool was. It's one of these little kiddie pools yeah. for like a two-year-old, so yeah. it's a tiny pool. It was only like two feet. Oh yeah, wasn't even two feet deep. And it, the water was cold, and so Miss Beth gets in there, and it was so cold, and she shivered. And I said, Miss Beth, just take a second, you know. And so I went to go down, but she was on her knees, like, and she needed yeah. to be kind of sitting on her bottom so she could easily yeah. go down. Well. The just the tip of her hair got wet, and she goes, "Oh!" And she was goes, "Is it over?" And I said, "Well, Miss Beth, you actually never." 
<laughs> the water she was. Said, oh, we got to do it again. I said, well, technically, you hadn't done it the first time. <laughs> and so, so I was able to uh, to get her down the water. And uh, I'm glad you got full immersion because I, I studied a little bit. Baptism comes from the Greek word baptismo, mm-hmm. which means to be fully immersed. To immerse someone, and right? So whenever my mom didn't go all the way under, I was like, let's not cut any corners on you know well, eternal we, yeah. salvation. The joke right. was let's if somebody's toe came up, that they'd be in heaven without a toe because yeah. that toe. Never <laughs> But anyway, it was a special day, and and what what I'm so excited because a lot of people have had these one moment time deals. But what I'm excited about is then what happens next. And so, uh, how many Bible studies do you think we've had at this place? Just since then, I mean, a lot, uh, a lot. A lot. A There's lot. been ones and, and at your one in the morning. Was here, and, then, and then, you that's know, right. Yeah, then he got my sick. brother had his yeah his seizure here was right. in ICU. Yeah, oh, yeah. that yeah. all happened right here. here. Uh, yeah. at, so another big thing for I mean, scared us to death. Yeah, when, scared us. And to that death. happened down here. But we've had many Bible studies. We actually recently traveled, uh, which may have been y'all's first mission trip. Actually, we all traveled together <laughs> to the Dominican Republic. Uh, uh, Corey really was spearheading it. We went to see uh, kids and uh, down there, and it, it was a blast it, seeing you guys down there. It just made me smile thinking of where your lives had changed, where they were, maybe even what you thought about a few years ago as far as the important things in life and all that to where now it's pouring out into other people and you not know, thinking about yourself. Yeah, you know, the Dominican Republic trip, <clears throat> we went on the other side of the island, not the good side, went on the bad side towards Haiti, Haiti, as y'all know, just got hit by the hurricane. It's horrible again. And uh, but uh, we went over there, and we, you, and I mean this to everyone out in the listening world today. You you've seen it on TV. Everyone's seen poor people on TV, seen care and all that. But when you go and you physically see those poor, poor, poor people right. that are suffering, they have nothing. They don't have running water. They don't have toilets. They don't have anything. They don't have bathrooms. Uh, they go outside a lot, you know, mainly. I do too, but that Yeah, I know, but I mean, you're different. <laughs> you're, you're. But anyway, they are uh, in need so much that people just, uh, again, I've seen it on TV, but until you physically, personally go and see it yourself, it will, it will really, it should change And that's kind of the heart. story of the Bible. That's what they were doing. As we're reading the New Testament, these are guys traveling around with different people. And so we actually were doing just what they were doing then, yeah. travel around and giving somebody hope and good news. And I'll tell you all this, and I've told my friends this, the hardest person to me that I've ever tried to convert and get to a better relationship with the Lord is a wealthy person in America. They're the hardest people. Because guess what? Everything is so good in this country, and especially when you have money, it's, it seems like heaven on earth. It's like, what else could I yeah. need? And so when you go to the Dominican and you see that family living in that hut with the uh, aluminum, one piece of thing over just to protect them from the elements, you realize the idea of heaven and there's something that's better is really appealing, right? Because, or go oh, to yeah. Africa, like, yes. if you say there's a place going where we're going to all be the same and you're going to have, you'll never hunger, you'll never thirst, right. you'll never uh, uh, be raped and you'll never have your hands chopped off and you'll never be, a, all these things are so appealing and when we get here in America, when we come into these environments that, and let's face it, most of us in this country compared to the world are wealthy, but yeah. for oh, the yeah. ones who are yeah. really wealthy who have, you know, have worked hard and gotten all these things, it's really hard to get them to see something better and see something and for them to humble themselves yes. because 
we're so used to running our bit. We're the top dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we give orders. We don't take. And so when Jesus says, you're going to come and follow me, you're going to lay your own life down. You're going to think of others better than yourselves. These are big concepts, and they're so hard to get through. And so very I'm true, so proud of true. you that, that you know, you're, it gives me hope and encouragement to other people that I know. Because some people just seem like, unappro- like you'll never get to those people. And my father's one that I'm sure people, not, not wealth or anything like that. It's just somebody that people gave up on, like, that cat just saying he would never come. And so had he, he not come, you had he not come, I wouldn't probably be where I'm at. And if I'm not where I'm at... And, and we were talking about this today. If I don't deer hunt, then I'm not down there. That's what's so special about this time. We're talking about opening of deer season. We're all back together because we don't really hang out much during the year. You know, we've all got right. our lives. But this brings us back together. Now it's a spiritual environment that we all get encouraged. And I literally can't wait. And I've written out a devotional uh, for you guys that we'll do on Sunday. And so we try to have a, a message now. And there's been a, many people gathered around that table. And so whoever, right. and whoever's in camp. So a lot of people were exposed to good things that they showed up thinking they were going to deer hunt or be a part of this. And then they get pulled into this whole spiritual thing that we're doing. And so it's so special down here. And we were even talking about the the connections that Allah has even with Duck Dynasty and uh, the room that I'm staying in right now was the room where literally we pulled the trigger to say that if Phil's not on Duck Dynasty then none of the family's going to film the episode and it's the same room I was sitting up I was hunkered in there it was deer season all they come out, it was December, I'll never I forget it. I picked you up from your ground barn. I'm and like, I'm Willie, the, have you seen the news? Oh, it's and all over like, the news. You were getting text messages from like Oprah, O'Reilly. I was like, oh my God, you know O'Reilly on the, like a speed dial? And he's like, was, everybody's texting you. I'm like, dude, what are It you was all say? over. And I went up in that room and I had the news on and I, Corey and I were on the phone. I said, do it, drop the press release. Within 30 seconds, it popped up on the TV screen. It's pretty weird when you drop something and then it's yeah. automatically out. <laughs> And then, and so all that happened uh, right here at this place. Yeah. Uh, I remember I brought a DVD down of a three-minute sizzle of a new show we had. At the time, do y'all remember what the show was called? It was, it was uh, a duck Louisiana Duck. Louisiana Duck Man. Yeah. yeah, that was Duck Dynasty. Though. Luke Bryan sang the trailer. Oh yeah, Luke Bryan was the intro. It ended up being ZZ Top and Duck Dynasty. Originally, it was called Louisiana Duck Man. And I showed you guys, right, the first time I'd showed anybody was right over there in the saloon. That and was I, awesome. I said, I got it. We got this show coming out. We don't know what it's going to be. Your and whole family watched it. Right. Yeah. And then and I, I watched the first And your mom brought show. her banana pudding. So yeah. I, remember so. That. I will say, I went up to you. I said, Willie, it's a freaking home run. I said, that's the funniest show. I think it's, I think it's, am- it's awesome. And right. I, I emailed everybody I could whenever y'all launched it. I was like, y'all got to see this thing. It's hilarious. And I mean, it, it was, it, but from day one, I mean, y'all killed it. I right. mean, I mean, y'all, I know y'all grew Duck Dynasty right. to 12 million viewers at the peak. Yeah, cl- I think it was more than that. But yeah, probably closer to 14, maybe. I don't know, but it was big. That broke it cable history records. Right. I mean, history of the world, really. You know, right. I mean, that's. Well, and talking about us and talking about you guys. Without the Lord, it wouldn't have happened. And Absolutely. so, and we give him all the glory for our show, 
for what you guys have. I'm so proud of you guys. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to try to encourage you guys with a message and uh, we'll keep it going. So, But I want people to see that this is how people's lives can change. Now it's been years and it keeps getting better and better. We still grow. In fact, Matt uh, studied with uh, a couple of people and so I came down, well, last year, Miss Joyce, who takes care of the place and cleans up after us every yeah. year, yeah, uh, we were able to baptize yeah, her and a camera guy. And so yeah. it keeps going and so it's infectious. And well, in fact, there, anybody else. I wanted to say one thing for, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this for a long time, you know, as a man, okay, we're all a lot of men, or women, or grown women, same, you have problems that always come your way, in business, or in life, or in whatever, you know, you just have things that come, that's life, I mean, that's what happens, and, you know, what really, really has appeared to me, okay, is that I was always trying to do it myself. I got to do this. I got to fire this guy. I got to, you know, I got to hire this guy. Try to do this. But the thing that really, really has hit me home, and I'm doing it, and I recommend anyone out there to do it, is realize that there's someone over here. He's sitting up there waiting. He's saying, throw me the ball. I'll hand it for you. I'll hand it for you. And that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You throw him the ball and get out the way. Get out the way. It's his. Right. He's got it. And he will, whatever it takes, he will handle it for you. But you got to have the faith. Faith is hard. Right. Faith is one of the hardest things. You got to have the faith. You got to throw it to him and let him handle it. Right. And he will, he will, he has, and he will continue. Well, I'm so glad you said that. And Bill, it's so glad, uh, great watching you grow in the Lord. Matt, you as well. And, uh, uh, Thank you guys so much for being on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, I end this thing with a with a Bible scripture, and uh, I thought this one was appropriate. This is uh, Acts sixteen fifteen. It said, "The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house.' And she persuaded us. So." Pretty apropos, huh? Yeah, so uh, yeah. you guys are in the Lord. Here I am at your house. So yeah. thank yeah. you for the invite. Let's go shoot some deer and uh, see you guys next time. All right. Yep. Thank you, really, for having us. everybody, it's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.